What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey everybody, welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden, and today on the show, it's heck, another listener questions episode. You send me your questions, you email them to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com, and guess what? I answer them, and that's how this works. And so, I am very excited about these questions know if there's much of a theme to the questions although I feel like every time I do this somehow the questions all nicely fit into each other like some kind of wonderful animal quilt so let's get right into it the first question I got was a nice little quick one from Twitter favorite extinct extant and crypto animals from quietus swain and another related question is from Vincent on Twitter who asked, Quetzalcoatlus, greatest pterosaur to ever live or greatest animal? So Quetzalcoatlus is one of my favorite extinct animals. It was a pterosaur related to pterodactyls, but it was the size of a giraffe. It had a long neck and thick, thick neck muscles. So it kind of looked like went to the gym and did neck day every day of the week, but kind of missed leg day. So it would walk on all fours using the elbows of its wings. And biologists think it could in fact fly despite its gigantic size. In the air, it was the size of a small Cessna aircraft. So a real life dragon bird thing, not quite a bird, not quite a dinosaur, not quite a dragon, but a giraffe-sized pterosaur. Amazing. My favorite extant animal that is surviving animal is kind of impossible to answer. There are too many wonderful animals, but I will tell you a story about how my interest in animal biology really 
I mean, I always had an interest in animals ever since I was a real little kid. I would chase after birds and chase after lizards. But I think my most intense interest in animal biology started in the fifth grade when I got a book about naked mole rats. And seeing pictures of these weird little dudes that looked like wrinkly little sausages, this bald rodent that lived in a colony, built complex underground tunnels, including bathrooms and a birth chamber. They had a giant queen who would just become engorged with babies and constantly be giving birth. Their teeth grow outside their lips. They have these tiny, beady, almost non-functional eyes that indicate evolution uh, living underground. They have this really super stretchy, wrinkly skin that it, it just all blew my mind, both visually and learning about how they lived. It was incredible. And I think it kind of was one of the first times I realized that even if something wasn't cute and maybe even a little gross or weird looking, when you learn about it, you can completely fall in love with those animals. They continue to be fascinating the more I learn about naked mole rats. They are highly resistant to cancer. They have special genes that seem to stop cell replication once cells start to crowd against each other, which helps prevent tumor growth. So just kind of superpower cells that can prevent the growth of cancer. Other reasons for their cancer resistance may be that their ribosomes, the protein factory of the cell that pumps out new proteins, are more likely to produce air-free proteins. So they have a much lower error rate with their protein production, and which is really good when it's protecting against cancer because, of course, cancer is usually caused by some error in a protein that causes uncontrolled cell growth. Uh, another potential factor is their low oxygen environment, which is thought to be a contributing factor because when naked mole rats are raised outside of their typical low oxygen underground environment, they have increased cancer rates. So... Another really cool thing about these little guys is they live a really long time for a rodent. So up to around 30 years, they have increased DNA repair capabilities and they can slow their metabolism during times of scarcity. So you compare a naked mole rat to another rodent like a mouse, which can live maybe three to four years in captivity, probably even shorter in the wild uh, or something like a rat which has a pretty short lifespan. Uh, and these guys can live up to 30 years. It's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, another thing that makes them just super powered is that their skin is pain resistant to superficial injuries such as acid. This means their skin doesn't get itchy or uncomfortable in their environment, which may be important because the lack of ventilation in their tunnel systems could lead up to a buildup of acid in their skin tissues, which would normally be quite unpleasant, but because they don't have these superficial pain receptors on their skin, that acid does not bother them. They are also highly efficient breathers. They are able to very efficiently respirate in their low oxygen levels in these, these underground tunnels, and they can live for almost 20 minutes in a zero oxygen atmosphere. It is a completely incredible, hardy little animal. Very strange looking, but I think the more you kind of look at them, the cuter they get, at least in my mind. They seem like mythical, uh, amazing creatures to me. 
speaking of myth, uh, the question asker also requested my favorite cryptid. I feel like cryptids are interesting to me because whenever I think about a cryptid, I think there's probably a real animal that's just as incredible. The naked mole rat to me seems more unbelievable than most cryptid stories, but one of my favorite cryptid stories is Steller's Sea Ape. So in 1741, a German zoologist by the name of George Steller traveled to the Shumajan Islands of Alaska, and there he spotted a very peculiar sea monster, a furry five-foot-long creature with a dog's head, long whiskers, no forelimbs, and a fish's tail. The monster was playful and curious, so Steller likened it to a monkey, thus came up with the name Sea Ape. It sounds truly fantastical until you realize that George Steller just saw a fur seal with its front flippers tucked against its body as it often does. But George Steller didn't realize this, thought it just was this weird fish ape monster. But some of the art imagining George Steller's sea ape based solely on his descriptions is really hilarious and or terrifying, especially when you realize he just saw a fur seal and a little cutie bopping up to say hello. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So another question I got on Twitter is dugong versus manatee. Why are they so similar yet different? And is a dugong basically a whale or dolphin that got lazy halfway through evolving? And this is from Michael. Thank you for your question. Uh, So, yeah, speaking of mistaken sea creatures as sea monsters, dugongs and manatees are famous for being misidentified as mermaids. In fact, the order that contains both dugongs and manatees is called sirenia, after the Greek term for sirens or mermaids. Uh, But, you know, who could blame those old sailors because dugongs and manatees are truly beautiful and gorgeous? 
So first, the difference between dugongs and manatees. They are indeed different species. Uh, so dugongs are one of the five species of sirenians. The other four are the Western Indian manatee, the African manatee, the Amazonian manatee, and the extinct Steller's sea cow. That's right, the same George Steller who came up with the sea ape, who seems to have the same naming convention for every animal he quote-unquote discovered, like sea ape, sea cow. Probably if he discovered stingrays, he would have called them sea pancakes, and porpoises would have been sea donkeys. Great job, George Steller. Really nailed it. Nailed the naming. But yeah, so so there are four species in the Sirenian family that are manatees, called manatees, and then one species that is called a dugong. And uh, they are the only living member of the family Dugongidae, and the rest are unfortunately extinct. Manatees are in the family Trichicus, and aside from the taxonomic differences, dugongs differ from manatees in that dugongs are exclusively marine animals. They do not live in fresh waters as well. So manatees can be both in seawater or freshwater, whereas dugongs only live in seawater. So they live, so dugongs live in the Western Pacific and Indian Oceans, while manatees can either live in Western Atlantic coastal seas or freshwater rivers. Dugong tails are pointier than the manatees' rounded tails, and also dugongs are a bit smaller than manatees in general. Other than that, they have a lot of similarities. They both have very tiny brains and are very slow-moving animals. They're herbivores with a very chill, laid-back, gentle lifestyle. So the adults lack natural predators. They're just too big. Both dugongs and manatees, though, face threats from humans, either through hunting, habitat destruction, or boat traffic accidents. So... In terms of the second part of the question, are are manatees and dugongs just whales that got lazy halfway through evolving? So first, let's talk a little bit about whales, how they evolved. So all whales, from the toothed whales like dolphins and killer whales to the enormous baleen whales like blue whales, they all evolved from land mammals. They started from little deer-like mammals, which eventually evolved into larger, more terrifying semi-aquatic carnivores that look like a nightmare version of an otter mixed with a crocodile, and these were called the Ambulocetus. So Ambulocetus, there were many species of them, and they had limbs that worked both on land and underwater, much like a river otter. Not related to the river otter, however. So species in the Ambulocetus genus ranged from 4 feet to over 10 feet long, or about 1.2 to 3 meters long. And by the way... Somewhere along the evolutionary path from those little deer to the Ambulocetus to whales, hippos actually branched off and are actually the closest living relative to cetaceans, to whales. So hippos and whales, close relatives-ish compared to what you would think. So like a whale is more closely related to a hippo than it is to other marine mammals like seals or manatees and dugongs. Sirenians, manatees and dugongs, have a different evolutionary story. They are not closely related to whales. In fact, it may be that their closest living relatives are actually elephants. So this is wild. Whales are more closely related to hippos 
than they are to manatees, and manatees are more closely related to elephants than they are to whales. It's, it's mind-blowing, especially given the difference in terms of their intelligence. A manatee, ah, look, I love manatees. I think they're precious little blubber babies who deserve to be loved and protected, but they're not that intelligent, whereas elephants are highly, highly intelligent. And whales and dolphins tend to be highly intelligent as well, but that doesn't mean that they are, just because they're more similar, maybe, or you would think that, you know, that whales and manatees are more morphologically similar, just doesn't mean that they are more related in terms of their evolutionary history. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, Cyrenian evolutionary history is not as easily traced as that of whales, but it's thought that their early ancestor was a land-dwelling herbivore that turned into a semi-aquatic herbivore that looked like a mix between a pig and an otter and a hippo, although not related to hippos. This was called Porastomus, and it lived 40 million years ago off the coast of Jamaica or within sort of watery regions near Jamaica, and they were extremely cute. Very, very adorable, very silly looking, kind of like a manatee but with stubby little legs. So while whales and sirenians both evolved from land mammals, they evolved separately, which is an example of convergent evolution, which is always really fascinating when evolution seems to take a similar path, but a different one. And I think it really speaks to the evolutionary pressures and how powerful they can be. It's just like how flying squirrels and bats, they are an example of convergent evolution. They didn't evolve from each other. They don't share the same evolutionary path necessarily. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So just to preface this email, the episode this listener refers to in his question is the recent episode called Whale of a Tail, where we talked about the kandiru, otherwise known as the penis fish, which is a very real fish that lives in the Amazon that is purported to swim up pea streams into your urethra. 
However, that part of the story has been proven to be false. The only way a Candiro could potentially get up your your urethra is if your pee zone is fully submerged in water. And even then, the evidence that this has even ever happened is questionable. If you want to hear more about it, listen to that episode, Whale of a Tale. Uh, but here's this email. Your episode this week reminded me of a story my stepdad told me. He told me when he was in Vietnam, he was wading through rice paddies and someone got a leech in their urethra. He had to be medevaced out to get it surgically removed. After that, everybody wore condoms when they were waist deep in water. Would it surprise me if my stepfather misremembered or lied? No. Could it be true? Maybe. I don't know anything about leeches. You're the one that loves parasites. I love your podcast, Will H. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Will. And I cannot confirm or deny the story your stepdad told you, but I can give you info on whether it's possible for a leech to get inside your urethra because you are absolutely right. I love parasites. Uh, but if you don't love parasites and you're squeamish, you might not want to listen to this part of the episode because we're going to talk about leeches in human orifices. Uh, so, you know, that's that's what to expect. Do not Google this. I highly, highly recommend against Googling this. I have a high gross-out threshold, and even I found these images too disturbing. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. Uh, I'll just describe to you in beautiful detail what happens here so you don't need to look it up. So, here we go. Leeches can indeed get into unwanted places in the human body. Typically, they just hang off of your skin. They'll bite you and sip at your blood. It's not great, but, you know, they are at least just a ectoparasite, meaning they are on the outside of your body, on just on the surface of your skin. And, uh, however, in regions where leeches are common and people bathe or swim in leech-infested waters, such as in tropical areas, Occasionally, leeches will manage to make their way inside the human body. They've been reported being found by doctors in the nose, throat, vaginal canal, rectum, and yes, even the bladder. And you know, there's uh, one way to get to the bladder, and that is through the urethra. So... If your image of a leech is this, like, big, fat slug... Uh, you may be wondering how on earth could it get into a space as small as a urethra. But leeches actually vary in size greatly, both depending on the species, the age, and how much blood it's had. So a, a leech can start out very thin and expand after having a blood meal. But they can be very, very tiny, very slender, and actually can easily get into, well, maybe not easily, but they can feasibly get into a urethra and their bodies are also very soft. So uh, unlike the Candiro, whose skeleton and size makes it very unlikely for it to be able to get into urethra, uh, the leech has a very soft, flexible body. They can be very thin, and so they can actually get in there. Um, just like the Candiro, they cannot swim up a pee stream. So if you're peeing, you got a, got a nice pee stream. A leech isn't going to like swim up your, your pee stream into your urethra. Physics just won't let that happen. Thank you, physics. But if you are submerged in water, they could conceivably get into your urethra. 
It is not common. Uh, there have only been a few documented cases, but it does happen. And it has been cited in modern medical literature numerous times. And indeed, uh, to the email writer Will, this has happened in Vietnam. It is one of the countries in which this medical phenomenon has been documented. Now, what is even more rare is for the leech to stay inside of the urethra. Typically, it either comes out or it goes all the way up into your bladder. Uh, but remaining inside the urethra is extremely uncommon, even amongst these already very uncommon cases of the leech getting getting into that area in the first place, which I guess, you know, I, I guess I'd rather have the leech either out or in the bladder than in the urethra. It sounds less uncomfortable, but I don't know. I still don't, you know, I don't want anybody in my bladder, essentially. Uh, either way, it is necessary to get it removed, which doctors can typically do with catheterization in irrigation of the bladder, just basically flushing it out. In the rare cases in which the leech is actually stuck inside the urethra, doctors have used forceps to get it out, which just sounds lovely. So again, don't look up pictures of this. Trust me, you don't want to see them. It's just like surgery photos of people pulling leeches out of places that you don't want leeches to be. So to answer your question, Will, your stepfather's story is definitely possible. But whether it's the truth is between him, you, and I guess the leeches. So thank you guys so much for listening to this little listener question episode. If you would like your questions to be answered on the show, you just got to send me an email at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at creaturefeetpod. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That is something very different. Also on Instagram, creaturefeaturepod on Instagram. And yeah, just send me in your questions, your uh, your your pet pictures. Your Please don't send me pictures of leeches, though. That's, that's all right. I don't need to see that. And if you're enjoying the show... Uh, leave me a rating or review. You know, that's great. I read all the reviews. They make me happy. If you have any suggestions, like if you want more listener questions episodes, fewer listener questions episodes, want me to talk about stuff, if you write it in a review, I guarantee I will read it. Uh, and I take note of everything you write, and I really appreciate all of those reviews. Thank you so much. And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. You dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.